uh, as we go over the Word of God. Um, today we're going to be starting a new series. Uh, the series is called The Peace of God. And so what we want to do is we want to go to Judges chapter 6, verse 24. Judges chapter 6, in verse 24. And um, uh, let's read that. Uh, it says, Then Gideon built an altar there unto the Lord and called it Jehovah Shalom. He called it Jehovah Shalom, uh, which we know today means uh, God is peace. He is our peace. Uh, that's our verse today. Uh, let's ask God to join us uh, as we go over this Sunday school lesson. Father, Lord, we thank you today uh, for your wonderful gifts and benefits that you load us with daily. God, you are wonderful in all of your ways. Uh, one of those ways is uh, that you are wonderful is in bringing us the word of God, which nourishes our soul. Uh, God, it, it feeds us spiritual manna. And so I thank you right now. I thank you for fellowship. Thank you for communion. God, I ask that you would literally, God, feed us. Give us what we desire today. Your word is able to change our lives, to change our directions. God, your word is able, Father, to to change my countenance from bad to good. And so I would just ask and I would pray that right now, Father, that you would activate your word in the life of your believers. God, in those who hear today, uh, Father, that it may be uh, helpful or beneficial to them here in the future. Ask your blessing upon this word uh, that you would be the teacher today and allow the Holy Spirit to really give us understanding. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So, again, Judges uh, 626, uh, we, we're going to be talking about Gideon today. And, uh, and Gideon is, you know, I, I wouldn't say he's one of my favorite characters uh, in the Bible, not that that really matters. Uh, when I say favorite, I don't, uh, I'm not sure what I mean by, by favorite. Uh, it's just some characters that I'm drawn to. I'm drawn to Gideon in the aspect that uh, his story is, it somewhat reminds me of myself. Um, because Gideon, he, he didn't think he was, uh, he didn't think he had what it required uh, to do what God had called him to do. Uh, but just getting into his story, uh, we, we learned from the very beginning uh, that Gideon, who was part uh, of the children of, of Israel, uh, Israel in that time, uh, they were in oppression uh, due to the Midianites, a group of people uh, who had been oppressing them for seven years, uh, not because uh, they were just more powerful, uh, but it was because God had ordained it and he had called it because Israel, uh, they were worshiping false gods. And so God had given them into the hand of the Midianites for seven years. And it was so bad during this time um, that Israel, they were, they were going to live in mountains. They didn't, they didn't live where they would normally live. But the Bible says that they would build dens in mountains and in caves. Uh, they were hiding from the Midianites. 
And the reason that they were hiding was because at the time of season when they will harvest the crops, the Midianites would come in and destroy the crops of the Israelites, of the children of Israel. Now, I would understand if they would come and, you know, consume and take the crops. But the Bible says that they just came and destroyed the crops um, just to be evil, uh, just to uh, just to uh, make the Israelites their life horrible, if I could just say it that way. And so they take all of their animals, their livestock, cows, sheep, uh, donkeys, goats. They take that and. And so we find that Israel, they cry out to the Lord and, and the Lord sends them a prophet. Uh, long story short, tells them, you know, that they've been worshiping false gods and this is what has happened. But one thing I like about God is this. He always remembers the covenant that he has made with his people. He always remembers. And so he may discipline you for a season that seems far too long. Uh, than what you deserved. Again, seven years, uh, they were in bondage. They were being oppressed. But God does not forget his covenant. And you will find that he always, he always is reminded uh, of his children and creates a way for them to get back right with him. And so I thank God for that. And in this case, what he did was uh, he chose a leader, a man that would go to war uh, on behalf of Israel, would be the commander uh, of the army. And that person was Gideon. That person was Gideon. And Gideon, again, you would, when you read the story, you would understand that he was, uh, he felt that he was not prepared to do uh, such, a, such a thing. And so God, again, was not bound in the past, but rather focusing on the present. Uh, and planning uh, for the future, uh, he chose Gideon and he says to Gideon, hey, I am with you and I will be with you. Gideon was not convinced that God had the right person and he he confessed his personal uh, inf inferiority, uh, his weakness, his fear, uh, but God saw what Gideon could become. And though it would be a process to take Gideon from where he was to where God had wanted him to be. God was patiently leading him. And Gideon's, his response to this initial encounter with God was to build an altar. Uh, it was there at the altar uh, that Gideon found that God was the Lord of peace. Again, Jehovah Shalom. Uh, going to the, the book of, or thinking about the book of Judges, uh, it's, it's really not an encouraging literature uh, with feel-good stories, but, but rather it records one of the darkest chapters in Israel's history. Uh, it's uh, the written record of their downward spiral and continual disobedience to the God who had delivered them uh, from bondage in Egypt and had brought them into the land of promise. All of the warnings of the past had been forgotten and they had forsaken their covenant relationship uh, with God. 
in instead of embracing the pagan practices uh, in religions. Uh, the conditions of their chaos are illustrated in numerous stories of oppression and deliverance. And when trouble came, they called out to God and the judge was raised up to lead them. I mean, in story after story, the pattern of defeat and desperation and deliverance was repeated. Their lack of spiritual stability caused failures and moral judgment. And we find that four times it was written that there was no king in Israel. And twice he followed the statement with the observation that everyone did what was right in his own eyes. I mean, when we look at that uh, in those times, uh, how does that re remind you of today's society when everyone uh, does what they want to do or what they think is right in their own eyes? Uh, and again, we're reminded that in Jeremiah, the Bible says that the heart uh, is deceitful above all and that is desperately wicked. And so even even when people want to do right, uh, when it's not the will of God or where it's not uh, what God has orchestrated, we find that evil times just naturally occur when we do uh, what we thought or what we personally think is right. And so, uh, again, Gideon, he stands out in the book of Judges as the most unlikely leader uh, who was transformed by God's uh, in, enablement to bring peace in the time of chaos. Peace only arrived uh, when this uh, introverted man uh, who was timid uh, came to terms with his calling from God. And so the crisis of Gideon, if I could say that, was as much about him as it was about the spiritual and political condition of the entire nation. Uh, he was filled with insecurities. He felt inadequate to do anything about uh, Israel's situation. And even when the angel of the Lord appeared into Gideon, he said, the Lord is with you. And Gideon protested. He says, if the Lord is with us, why has all of this happened to us? See, fear uh, and the, the nerves along with desperate, the desperate attempt for survival had caused him uh, bluntly to voice his doubt. And, uh, uh, he was, again, a man of insecurities who did not believe that God was present to do anything in this situation. Now, the call of Gideon was direct and clear, but God was patient with his negative responses. Gideon needed some convincing. Uh, it was not enough to see an angel or even speak to God's representative. Gideon needed more assurance that was indeed God calling him to lead a rebellion uh, against the Midianites that had ruled against them. Again, the Midianites, they were stronger. Uh, they were well fed. And, and compared to them, uh, to compare to the Israelites, uh, there were many more uh, soldiers, if you could say it that way. But God, he had confidence in Gideon, not just in what he would become, but in who he presently was. Uh, he said, go, this is what the Lord said to uh, Gideon in Judges 6.14. says, go in the strength that you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. And then the Lord said, am I not sending you? God repeated his directive 
and assured Gideon of the powerful presence of God. But yet Gideon, he was not convinced. Uh, he lamented, saying, my tribe is weak, my family is weak, and I'm the weakest in my family. Uh, it was ironic that God chose to appear to the one who was the most inadequate in his own estimation. A lot of times we uh, we see ourselves not in the eyes of God, but in our experiences that we've had on earth. And due to the opinions of other individuals or due to the comparison, us comparing ourselves to other people, we find ourselves and our estimation of ourselves inadequate. It was inadequate. And so, again, uh, Gideon was convinced uh, that he was not the one. And he respectfully declined the calling of the Lord. Uh, he said, pardon me, my Lord, uh, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manassas. See, God's calling, it makes all the difference. Yes, God, he qualifies those whom he calls, but sometimes when he calls the qualified, he still has to convince them that they have the ability to accomplish uh, the mission. So God, he was patient and he comforted Gideon. Uh, his assurance was the consolation of Gideon. He says, I will be with you, says the Lord, and you will strike down all the Midianites, leaving none alive. Now, that must have been an astonishing, if not somewhat frightening uh, moment. The qualifier was God's promise to be with Gideon. Gideon had no con he had no confidence in himself. The only hope he had for success was found in the promise of God being with him because God with us makes all the difference. If God is with us, we can be assured of his ability to accomplish the calling no matter how impossible circumstances seem to be. Have you ever felt overwhelmed with the calling or a project that seemed to be far beyond your ability to accomplish? I mean, have you ever been involved with something that you knew uh, it was going to take the hand of God for you to accomplish it? I personally believe it's in those situations where God is trying to show you and prove to you how powerful he can be in your life. And I think this I think that the story of Gideon is a great example of when you take on something uh, that that seems to be far above your level of wisdom, uh, your level of resources, uh, your level of intellect. Um, I believe that this can play an important role uh, in what we need to do in times where it seems that our head is going to be underwater. Uh, even right now uh, with the church, we're looking to take on a, a building project that is uh, going to uh, cost in the millions of dollars. And again, this is something that we cannot do uh, by ourselves. We need the hand of God uh, to be with us. Uh, we need miracles to be performed. And if we take that mindset of Gideon and we say, well, Lord, we don't have the finances. Uh, we don't have the church members. Uh, we don't have the connections uh, to build this church, uh, to to raise up this facility that is going to help the city, we're already defeated. But we have to we have to be reminded of this story 
of why did Gideon succeed. And you can go and you can read the whole thing and understand that God, uh, he took the army of Gideon all the way down to 300 people, which seems to be the exact opposite of what you would think you need to do uh, to win a war, uh, to win a battle. And in using the church as an example, uh, what if God said uh, that he was going to take our membership from 100 people down to 50? Imagine the fear, uh, the doubt, the lack of faith that the church would have as a whole in building this new church. But if we put ourselves in the shoes of Gideon and what happened in the story, listen, God could still give us the ability to build the church and be debt free. The, the goal is to truly trust in God, to truly have faith in God. And what we need to do is we need to take the example of Gideon uh, when he encountered the angel of the Lord. Um, and he built an altar. <clears throat> I don't want to go over my time today, and so I want to make this quick. Uh, when we find ourselves uh, in a situation where we need God's help, we need to build an altar. Again, we need to build an altar. It was at this altar that Gideon found peace. And when you're going through something uh, that seems impossible to accomplish on your own, we need to depend on God, but not depend on him with doubt in our mind, because that shows a lack of faith. But we need a mindset that is full of peace, because peace uh, with that mindset, it shows our trust in God. It shows our trust in God. And so I just want to give you a couple things um, that will uh, prompt your own development of a formula uh, for finding peace in challenging times. Uh, just real quickly, number one is uh, we have an altar, but we have to create a personal place of prayer. Uh, the psalmist wrote in Psalm 91, uh, he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God in Him will I trust. Also, we need to commit ourselves to God's calling. Uh, Psalm 37, it tells us to commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in Him and He shall bring it to pass. Uh, number three is we need to confirm that He is with us and that He is our peace. Uh, we find in Second uh, Thessalonians 3.16, where Paul, in the benediction of the letter, uh, Paul says, Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace always and every way. The Lord be with you all. And number four, uh, we need to continue a lasting legacy of devotion. Uh, biographies of Pentecostal pioneers and the testimony of our elders to share the faith of our founders with succeeding generations. Likewise, the impact of our devotion during times of crisis will be an enduring memorial and a lasting witness to our families and our friends. Moses, he commanded saying, only take heed to yourself 
and diligently keep yourself, lest you forget the things your eyes have seen, and lest they depart from your heart all the days of your life, and teach them to your children and your grandchildren. Because of who God is, we can believe in his promises. Receive the God of peace, Jehovah Shalom. Resist the temptation to surrender uh, in the face of trouble. God, he promised to prepare a place for us in John 14. Uh, know that his promises are true. We have to embrace the peace of God. And we have a choice in that matter. Uh, uh, it says in John 14 to 1, let not your heart be troubled, meaning we can control that. Uh, we are not helpless and battered about without recourse. Fear is our enemy and the unbridled mind will wander into deep areas of fear and depression. Helplessness and discouragement will lay uh, a hold of our souls, but we cannot allow that to prevail. We have to resist the enemy and we have to stop other voices and we have to hear the one who speaks peace. John 14, 27 says, peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, I give, uh, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. We have to confidently, uh, confidently resist temptation of anxiety. Again, fearful, uh, fretting produces anxious, uh, nervousness. Uh, which is the complete opposite opposite of what God desires for our lives. Jesus, he desires to bring us peace. And peace in the Hebrew text is shalom, which implies more than just peaceful things. Shalom means wholesome, completeness, harmony, prosperity, uh, welfare. Uh, it, it means all of these things, all of which God desires for us. And so don't worry about anything. Instead. Uh, pray about everything. King James versions, uh, it says to be, be careful for nothing. Uh, don't be anxious for anything. Philippians 4, uh, and 6 says, uh, but it says just to tell God what you need and to thank Him for all that He has done. And then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds or surpasses, uh, our understanding. His peace will guard our hearts and our minds as we live in Jesus Christ. And so I want to challenge uh, the Refuse Church uh, as we go into this time. Um, we're getting ready to have our groundbreaking service uh, ceremony. Uh, let's go with a mind of peace, trusting that God is able to do what he says that he can do, that God is with us, that there is no problem. There is no situation uh, that is too hard for God and that he is willing to step into our situation. As a matter of fact, let's pray right now and let's ask God to be with us. Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you in the name of Jesus Christ uh, for just being the God you are. You are a God who cannot lie. Father, you are able to to create anything out of nothing. And so we call upon you right now, Jehovah Shalom. And we ask that you would give us peace. God, give the congregation peace. Uh, give the pastor uh, and his wife peace uh, concerning uh, 
our building project, Lord. We trust in you, Lord, that you're going to provide everything uh, that we absolutely need, Father. You will provide the laborers. You will provide the finances, Lord God. And we would ask you, Father, to remove anxiety, God, to remove fear, God, that you would get rid of the doubt uh, out of our lives concerning this building. God, let us not uh, only expect you to do something, but we also in return, God, we will build our altar and we will go into prayer, Lord God, and we will do things that we believe uh, that you have called us and that you want us to do, Father. And so we trust you and we believe in you as never before, Lord. And we thank you in advance. We thank you for what this church uh, future holds. We thank you for the souls that will be saved, God. We thank you that your hand is upon us right now in this moment, God. And so let your peace shine. Let your peace dwell. And God, we will move forward confident in your promises, confident in your hand, God, that you have established us as a people and as a church. And we will do your will. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, the God of peace. Uh, thank you all for joining. Uh, we're going to uh, go uh, into next week again, speaking of the God of peace. Uh, again, the title of this specific message was that God, uh, the God of peace. And so that's also the title of our series. Um, but we're going to go into next week. Um, and, and just with this peace um, mindset, believing that God, he can establish our thoughts and give us peace um, so that we're not afraid and anxious uh, of things to come. Again, you all have an awesome weekend. Hope you enjoy uh, the rest of your Labor Day weekend and uh, hopefully join us again next week. Uh, until then, um, let peace follow you. And uh, God bless you all and have a good one.